Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. The 39 steps. I've counted them. HT2217. HT2217? What on earth could it mean? And what the deuce were the 39 steps? Accused of a murder he didn't commit. Mitt. Richard Hannay is on the run. Following clues left left to him in a little black book by a mysterious American gentleman. He must uncover the secrets of the 39 steps, steps, prove his innocence and save Britain from the forces of evil. Hello and welcome to what can only be described as a stage play with a difference on SNS Online. A play within a play running in the Hampshire area and surrounding borders until Christmas, unearthing the secrets of the 39 Steps. Well, Black Box Theatre are on the case and have their best men on it. Unfortunately, they're stuck in snow, probably somewhere near Kidderminster. So Brenda, the tea lady, Roy, the sound technician, and Julian, the radio producer, are stepping up to the plate. No, not that sort of plate. To ensure that the show must go on. As the show will go on. Confused? Well, we were until we talked to the lovely Chris Hawley, writer and director of this brand new adaptation of John Buckham's famous novel, and the equally lovely David McCulloch, who plays about a thousand characters. Firstly, it's Chris, who's on the line from a mysterious location. I can't tell you where, as I'd have to kill you. All of you. So, Chris, good to have you on the programme. Uh, firstly, why the 39 steps? And uh, what was the reasoning behind quite a radical retelling of it? Um, th- I wanted to actually uh, do a play that was set in a radio studio. Um, originally, I thought perhaps I'd like to do Macbeth, but <laughs> that might have been oh a bit, bit too ambitious. <laughs> and then I, I had basically I had three ideas. One was A Christmas Carol. One was... The War of the Worlds, and the other one was 39 Steps. And I actually, I, I got in contact with uh, our venues and said, which one do you think the audience was, the audiences would uh, respond to best? Mm. And they all came back, apart from one, and said the 39 Steps. And I think partly it's because it's in the British consciousness. It's one of those stories. Either people read it at school uh, a long time ago, um, or have seen the film, or they just kind of know the name, The 39 Steps. And what, one of many films, we must add, I think about that three or four? I think there's four, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, I think the, the best-known one is probably the Alfred Hitchcock one, which I think was 1935. Yes, I would have thought so. Mm. Yeah. When I originally thought about doing The 39 Steps, I thought about going to the ha- Alfred Hitchcock film. But the chap who 
adapted the book into the film um, didn't die until 1993. And as you know, the copyright lasts was 70 years after the, the writer has died. So it meant that I actually had to go back to the book, the source material, and start from scratch, really. I was going to say go back in time and kill him early. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's always an option if you've got a TARDIS. Mm. Anyway. Uh, but, and in actual fact, it was fascinating to do that because obviously I'd seen the films and that's, I, th- I think that's how I knew the story. But the book is very different from, from the films. Um, uh, and so I wanted to give it the flavour, I think, of the film, that sort of, you know, proper ripping yarn, um, high speed sort of adventure type of thing. Absolutely. While sort of being true-ish to the book. Mm. Um, one problem I had with with the book was there were no women in it. And my last two plays have also been um, all men. So I thought, I've got to put a, a, yeah. <laughs> some female characters I in I wouldn't it. pass the Bechtel test, would it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so in actual fact, you know, it was it was lovely. So to, to actually sort of include some, you know, or sort of write in some female characters, use bits of the book, bits of his narrative um, and then making up, you know, bits to just join it all together and make it hang together as a as a story and as a radio play. This is the, the one thing I was really wanting mm. to do was make it work as a radio play. Right. And of course, that involved um or what i wanted it to involve was a lot of sound effects and done live on stage very much in the old sort of style uh, radio studio yes wonderful i mean do you see it more as a like a meta comedy if you like Alan noises off or do we have moments of genuine engagement with the original story i mean quite a um, question like it's it's funny actually i was, I was talking because i i suppose because there there is a stage version of the Thirty Nine Steps, which written by Patrick Barlow, uh-huh. which is very much based on the Alfred Hitchcock film. Um, but that is, I would suggest, that is much more of a comedy. Um, oh. And um, I kind of wanted, obviously, I wanted there to be you know some comic moments in it, um, but while sticking sort of pretty close to this the the original story. Um, so I would say it's a it's a it's a drama with light-hearted moments in okay. it. Okay, and um, I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about the premise of it. I mean, this is a, a company putting on a radio production of the Thirty Nine Steps, uh, but certain things go wrong during the the process. Well, we we start off. We see the um, the radio studio being set up, and you've got uh, Roy, the the uh, studio technician, Brenda, the tea lady um and julian the the producer and director of the show and we've set that bit of it in 1962 in the winter of 1962 and in that winter it was a very harsh winter um so the phone goes and it transpires that none of the actors who are supposed to be recording uh, this version of the 39 steps can get into the studio so Julian, in a sort of mild panic, uh, enlists the help of Roy, the studio manager, and Brenda, the tea lady, to take on all the parts. And, and Julian uh, takes on the part of Hannay, the protagonist. Oh, that sounds... And that's, it sounds and that's brilliant. When the, uh, that's when the mayhem ensues. <laughs> but presumably quite a lot of the enjoyment of a play is watching them put it together and make it work rather than the actual text itself. I mean, as I said, I'm going back to my previous question. Do do we yeah. have moments when we just actually get into the play itself? 
Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's there's quite a strong storyline, you know, and, and narrative there. But I think you're right. It's interesting to watch these three characters, you know, these three people try and juggle all these different characters, especially Scarlett Bryant, who plays Brenda and David uh, McCulloch, who plays Roy. I think between them, they've got they play something like about 30 odd characters Brilliant. while ju- while also doing all the sound effects mm. live. And apparently you've got a bit of the previous here. You've won awards and everything. Tell us, tell us more about uh, your your past. <laughs> um, well, last year um, I wrote uh, a play called Bully Beef and Whizbangs, which was set in the First World War trench. And um, to really just to try it out, I put it into a couple of drama festivals. Mm. And we did very well out of them. Yeah, won won sort of several prizes for uh, for those shows, and it was lovely actually because we did it originally as a fifty minute piece, and then I extended it to about an hour and ten minutes for our tour last year. I mean, have you been going to Edinburgh or anything like that? Or? Not yet. Well, that's <laughs> got to be next. But it's such an expensive business yes. taking shows up there. Of course, with no guarantee that there's going to, you know, that you're going to recoup any of that money. I so would I suggest what... that you would do very well, um, and I, I think you can do it on a budget. Having spoken to to performers in Edinburgh, but but it does take a little bit of uh, know how and, and and asking yeah. around. Um, you've had some BBC promotion too, which is which is uh, fantastic, and the show seems to be going well from from my understanding. I believe we got a clip uh, from the uh, new production, Thirty Nine Steps. Let's take a listen. It had been a long and unsettling night, but the next morning I was up with the lark. And with a head full of questions for my unexpected guest, I knocked on his door. Morning, Scudder. Do you want some breakfast, old sport? Have a couple of kippers, if you fancy. There was no answer. Either this American was the heaviest of heavy sleepers, or something wasn't quite right. I entered the room. My guest was lying sprawled on his back. There was a long knife in his chest which skewered him to the floor. There was no doubt about it. He was dead. Well, that was fantastic. And I love all the sound effects. Uh, Just absolutely wonderful. I mean, that must be quite a disciplined thing, doing sound effects, because I do sound for a living. But to have to perform and all the rest of it, wow, you've got some good people on board to do all that. We spent a week... um doing R&D, which was funded by the Arts Council, which was very generous of them. And we basically spent a week um, banging things together, scraping things together, using coconut shells, you know, all the... That's where <laughs> our public money's going to, all exactly. this <laughs> mucking about. <laughs> uh, but do you know what? It was extraordinary, actually, trying to... I mean, some of the sounds, we, could, we you couldn't quite hear them in your brain, as it were. So... Mm. Thankfully, we've sort of brought them up on the internet, you know, um, on YouTube or something like that. Listened to them and said, right, with the table of stuff we've got, how are we going to replicate that sound? And uh, so, yeah, we've come up with some very ingenious ways of doing it. We've got old bellows and bicycle pumps and, uh, say, coconut shells and... (laughs) You've got, you've got to have the coconut shells. Come on. Absolutely. Have, I thought that's where we started, in actual fact, was the, the, you know, the old coconut shells for the horse's uh, feet. But in actual fact, we use them for something else as well, which is quite ingenious, which I'm, hopefully people who have come along to see it 
um, would be quite surprised. Okay, but. sounds positively kinky, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, an incredible fusion of of artistic disciplines all coming together in one is, bonkers yeah. but brilliant play. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Chris. Thank you so much, and uh, uh, just for very best of luck. I don't think you'll need it. It sounds like it's it's going to be a That's smash it. hit. <laughs> Take it up to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether the Arts Council can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And I guess final question, what are the 39 steps? I couldn't possibly tell you. <laughs> it would be giving the game away. <laughs> well, I know what they are, and they're... Hurried along the concourse to find my train. I say, which platform for the Newton Stewart train? Platform three, Gov. Uh, thank you. You'll just catch it if you run, mate. Thank you. Excuse me, is this seat taken? No. Would you mind? No. El pisel fluffy. I put my bag in the overhead rack and settled down for the long journey ahead of me. Do you mind if I smoke? As long as it's not a pipe. I can't abide the smell. Makes me heave. Don't worry, dear readers. It's me. Some blackguard did try to shoot me, but the chap was such a bally rotten shot that he missed all my vital organs, ricocheting off my silver cigarette lighter I had in my upper left-hand jacket pocket, then off Mrs. Bear Crumble's mangle, and finally exploding her fishbowl instead. R.I.P. Gums and Moby. Time to chat to one of the actors now, the fabulous, charming and effervescent, I never knew he wasn't, Mr. David McCulloch. Some of the things that we come up with uh, to create the sound effects, there's kind of a knowing humour to it, like we have to create the sound effect of a train, and I don't want to spoil how we do it, but... Uh, the, it's hoping that the audience will look and go, ah, that's clever, and kind of laugh along with that. And also the fact that, so my character, Roy, the sound technician, is having to come on and do multiple voices, most of them set in Scotland, and at times having to talk to himself a few times. But obviously people will hear people having a conversation, three different characters or two different characters. What they see is one guy kind of going, just it looks like madness, but hopefully sounds... Good. <laughs> so this is quite testing for you as an actor, is it? In a, in a nurturing, fun way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's hilarious that I get to come into what is essentially work and have an absolute blast and I can call it a job. But at the same time, it's absolutely knackering. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, just so just to be clear, we are watching, um, uh, presumably there's microphones on stage, yeah. actors with scripts, sound effects, mm. chaps or chapesses in the wings. And I'm sort of thinking Goon Show in, it, in its heyday of that sort of thing. You know? Kind of, yeah. We've all got, so we've learnt the scripts, but we've got to have the scripts in hand to make it look as if yeah. we haven't learnt them. So it's really weird. So in my first scene, when I'm doing the radio play, I'm saying all the lines and it's brilliant. And the director's like, you need to you need to look at the script. Otherwise, it seems a bit unbelievable that this sound guy has come in and just gone, oh, I've got a photographic memory. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you've got to you've got to know what you're doing, but also make it look like you don't know what you're doing, but make it look like to the audience. That's the point. 
I'm knackered trying to explain it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds fantastic. Mm. It's touring um, across, I've got here, Hampshire and the surrounding areas with venues, including theatres, community centres, churches, which I imagine would be great acoustics as well. Mm. Um, also a hovercraft. Explain that. <laughs> yeah. is, is it moving? Uh, so in there's a place called Leon the Solent, which is on the outskirts of Portsmouth. It's probably the best way to describe it for people that don't come from that area. I think they filmed the Doctor Who there years ago, my nerdy mind's telling me. They must have done. I think uh, the sea monsters were filmed around that area. Yeah. Um, and at Leon the Solent, there is the Hovercraft Museum. Well, the Hovercraft Museum. There's no other... There's the only Hovercraft Museum in the country, as far as I'm aware. And we perform on the Princess Anne, which is one of the last cross-channel hovercrafts around. As long as you're not performing on Princess Anne, but <laughs> I think you'll get sent to the town. <laughs> she might, you know, who knows? <laughs> and just just to get this in, a little bit of a family uh, pride here. Um, my uncle uh, created the hover... Um, motion of the hovercraft by mistake in New Zealand. He was working on top secret uh, aircraft oh, wow. and, and he, he discovered it one day. I remember him telling us when I was very young but he didn't know what to do with it so he um, he just sort of put it in, in, into his lectures to, to yeah. tell his students that this has happened and one of his students was Christopher Cockrell who is known to have invented the hovercraft but if it wasn't for Michael John Frost um, oh God, it wouldn't have that, happened. That's amazing. <laughs> So I, I'm completely taking the limelight away from your wonderful production, but I had to put that in. That's such a cool little tidbit, though. Like, well, definitely. there you go. We've we've taught you something here about hovercrafts. Yeah, I didn't know that. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, enough about the enough about my family and hovercraft. So one of the first tours that Black Box Theatre did was a production of John Godber's Bouncers, and uh, Chris Hawley, our writer, director, producer. Basically, man of all talents. He does everything. Makes right. a tea. Yeah, makes a tea, writes a theme tune, sings the theme tune. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, he was looking round um, the county for different venues. And he, he's, remember, he told me the story about how he went to the Hovercraft Museum. And there's loads of, like, big hangers there and everything. There's even another fun Hovercraft fact. This won't all be about Hovercrafts. Um, but the <laughs> one of the little Hovercrafts that Piers Brosnan... Drove? Sailed? Steered, probably. Steered, yeah. Uh, one of the hovercrafts that Piers Brosnan, or his stunt double, I don't know, uh, that was used in Die Another Day is at that hovercraft museum. The oh. only reason I know this is because there's a cardboard cutout of Piers Brosnan in one of the hangars in that hovercraft. So I just assume that it's the same one. But um, Chris met up with the guys who own the museum and he was looking around and they said, so um, are you thinking of performing in one of the hangars? And he was like, no. I want to perform in that and pointed to the hovercraft. <laughs> so it was definitely because I was on the production of Bouncers that we did. And it was definitely one of the, the weirder venues. Mm. But because it's so weird, it was almost like a selling point mm. because um, there's a lovely community um, at Leon Solent, but there's not really anywhere that we could perform. I mean, there might be, but all I know is the Hovercraft Museum. And it's just <laughs> such a weird and wonderful place to perform. It's such a draw for people. Scratch and Sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. So, The 39 Steps, uh, four movies to date, I think. There's been TV, radio adaptations. What do you think is the enduring appeal of John Buckham's novel and, and, and the fact that it lends itself to multiple adaptations? I think because with the character of um, Hannay, the protagonist, he's just a, a, essentially a normal guy 
thrown into this adventure of excitement and espionage. Uh, and one of the speeches that we've got in our production at the beginning is saying that he literally starts the play by saying, God, I was bored. And he's looking for some excitement in his life. And it's what everyone wants. Everyone wants some excitement in their lives. They want to be thrown into a daring adventure with like, you know, action and espionage. And I think that's just what the appeal for the story is. It's just a normal guy. You can imprint yourself onto that character quite easily because it's like, yeah, I am bored. I do want something more from life. And it's really exciting. And all the different characters he meets on the way. And I think as well, because with a lot of productions of 39 Steps, like I've seen it in the West End, there are huge amounts of characters, but a limited number of actors. And you can have so much fun with that. And it, um, for me as an actor, it's really given me a chance to, um, how does that phrase go? Chew the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me, boy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fully aware I'm chewing the scenery. And at times, Chris gets to say to me, um, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, really go for it. And I'm like, that sounds like you want me to chew the scenery even more. Brilliant. <laughs> because there's been five novels featuring Hannay, uh, this is the one that people seem to come back to. I mean, what happened to the other novels? Don't they get an airing in uh, films and stuff? Did the other novels get a Hitchcock adaptation? Well, quite. I think that's, I think that's it. I think a lot of people were introduced to The 39 Steps because it's a Hitchcock film. And that's where... A lot, because one of the things I didn't realise um, is that in the book, it's pretty much an all-male character list. Like the character of Lady Emily, I thought was part of the story from the beginning, but apparently she was an introduction in the play and the Hitchcock film, which I didn't realise for, for a bit of uh, romantic doodah. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and a bit, 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 bit of uh, early twentieth-century skirts, as they say. We can't say that, can we? <laughs> I just said it. I cut it out. No, you can't cut Me it out. Too. Now. <laughs> I think because that's a product of its time, really. It was, you know, the whole. And yeah, I, I mean, that, that's what I meant. That adds to the appeal as well from an audience standpoint, from a male audience standpoint. You want to go on this exciting adventure and you want to get the girl and all of the. It's, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche that seems to have worked because the 39 Steps has gone on to be this huge. Um, franchise, basically. I reached into my jacket pocket for my cigarette case, and to my surprise, there was Scudder's notebook, the one he'd shown me the night before. It was full of times and places and foreign-sounding names. Some of it was written in code, a numerical cipher of some sort. But it was the last entry that had me intrigued. It read, The 39 steps. I've counted them. HT2217. HT2217? What on earth could it mean? And what the deuce were the 39 steps? So apparently you're helping to support a charity during this production. Tell me more. So we're rehearsing at the Hangar Farm Arts Centre in Totten, which is on the outskirts of Southampton. And it will also be the penultimate venue in our tour. Um, but the reason we're rehearsing there is because... This year, we're helping to support a charity called the Minstead Trust, which is a charity that helps support adults with learned disabilities and who are on the autistic spectrum. And we're also doing a relaxed performance for members of the Minstead Trust before we go on tour because, you know, we want to give these guys the opportunity to experience the theatre because 
and this show as well with the different sound effects that are being made and the different voices it's such a brilliant experience for them to um to to enjoy and we just want to give them the chance to experience it like everyone else so we'll do a relaxed performance and our first performance uh, let's talk about relaxed performance and i mean i have heard of these shows where it's sort of designed for people um on the spectrum to sort of uh make as noises as they want or to wander off and come back and it's quite a big space yeah so basically relaxed performances um you know what it can be like when you go to the theatre or it's stuffy and you've got to sit still, no noise. But here it's a chance for them to enjoy a show, but there's not going to be any scrutiny or any anyone. No one's going to get annoyed at any noises being made. And we, the actors, mm. know as well, you know, what we're um, in for and that we're doing this for their entertainment. And also, like, with a lot of relaxed performances, like they do relaxed performances at cinemas where they won't take the lights fully down. Um, just to make it more comfortable for the guys that will be coming to see us. Basically, we just want to make it accessible to everyone, really. And Brilliant. Yeah. No, that sounds fantastic. We take professional theatre to the community mm. rather than people pay through the teeth to travel up to London and mortgage their house to get Absolutely. a ticket for a West End show. Um, we bring theatre to them at a reasonable price, and so people get to enjoy it in like the comfort of their own community sounds perfect be it in a community center a village hall a theater or a hovercraft so i hear you're a bit of a writer yourself what sort of stuff you've been working on uh i try to um i've always wanted to write uh, a play and we came up for during our production of bouncers uh which is set in the 80s and set in yorkshire uh, we were just chatting during rehearsals and for some bizarre reason um, it got mentioned that either it did happen or it was a rumour that a man by the name of Adolf Hitler visited Liverpool at one point during his years and I, I, I said, ah, oh, if only he'd visited Yorkshire because then everyone would be introducing themselves or greeting him by going, hey up Hitler! <laughs> Um, I, it was either me or someone else that said that, but I definitely said, that sounds like a great title for a play. And two years later, I've nearly finished a second draft of a oh, play called brilliant. Adolf Hitler. Oh, I want to see that one. So I... Can you come back and tell us about that? A hundred percent, yes. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, it's a um, it's a satirical play where the premise is that Adolf Hitler and his group of cronies survive World War II and go into hiding in the north of England and um, they have to adopt northern accents. We'd like to apologise to viewers in the north. It must be awful for them. <laughs> if you want to find out what the 39 Steps are, you'll have to come and see our production of the 39 Steps, a live radio drama, performing from the 24th of October till the... 7th of December in various locations across Hampshire and Surrey. Including <laughs> a, a hovercraft! Yay! I feel <laughs> that was so forced of me. I love it. Thing is, I that that's just what I do. If people start asking, what's it about? You have to come see it to find out. Brilliant. Okay. Listen, <laughs> David, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Join Black Box Radio Theatre on tour until December the 7th for the thrilling conclusion to... The 39 Steps.
snsonlineshow.com, your brand new one-stop shop for all things SNS. Take a tour through our wide and diverse collection of shows and listen in to our exclusive range of in-depth interviews spanning the popular arts, featuring actors, writers, journalists, stand-up comedians, musicians and more. You can also enjoy our shorter bite-sized series covering vibrant new theatre, television and book releases. And with our Arts Lifestyle Remit, you get to explore issue-based topics including health, mental health, women's rights around the world and LGBTQ. Contact us with both your comments and suggestions for future guests. And don't forget to read up on our blog, regularly updated with articles and photographs. A forum where everyone is welcome to contribute. snsonlineshow.com Your one-stop shop for all things SNS. SNS